Alhamdulillah, you're listening to Today Islam, broadcasting almost live right here on the internet and other places 24-7. Our internet website, todayislam.com, is open 24 hours a day and always has plenty of free parking. And in New York, that's a big deal, free parking. And we're in New York right now. Are we in Astoria? We're in Astoria. Lucky guess from my side, by the way. We're in Masjid Aliman. Yes? Two lucky guesses in a row. There's no telling where we're going to go with this program tonight. We wanted to talk about a continuation of something we'd been speaking on earlier, and that is how to get people to come into Islam in spite of the very negative influence of media and other sources to show Islam in a bad way to present Muslims as something other than what they really are. We talked about in the first section about how you call somebody to Islam. What is the initial uh, thing that you do? And we said the first thing you do basically is just ask them if they know what their purpose is here in this life. We mentioned the ayah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed in his Quran, and then we said that we should focus on this as the criterion or the benchmark so that they can understand where we're going to go. Our book, the Quran, tells us, English translation, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not create everything for a foolish purpose. In fact, he tells us in his book that he created everything for a very clear purpose. He said, I did not create you guys except as to worship me alone without any partners. Now, if you notice, I particularly said you guys. I could have given an exact literal translation of the Quran and said, Allah says he did not create the jinn and mankind except to worship him alone. But if I say it exactly that way, you know what the next question is going to come out of their mouth? They're not going to talk about their purpose. They're not going to talk about Allah. They're not going to talk about worship. They're going to talk about something else. What do you think they're going to talk about? What do you think they will talk about? What do you think they'll say? What's a jinn? Do you mean something you drink? Because they'll think J-I-N, jinn. And if you say, no, it means jinn, like a genie. They'll say, like in a bottle. And you're off your subject already. So I say, this is a plus or minus translation of Quran. Allah said, I did not create you guys for any other purpose than to worship me alone because the essence of the whole thing and the message is worshiping Allah as one. And we don't want to deviate from that. We don't want to get into the subject about certain jinn and we can prove there's jinn and what. <laughs> this is not the time for that. We want to stay focused on the subject, which brings us to a point. And that is when you're explaining Islam to the people, don't get hung up. Don't go out here in places you don't need to be. Okay? So you've asked them the question. This is in the first session. Do you know your purpose here on earth? What's your purpose and why are you here? Okay, and then they respond back. I came to the store today for a loaf of bread or I went to the gas station to get a gallon of gas. And you're saying, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about why are you here on the earth? We also discussed that if a person said, well, I don't know, maybe there is no purpose to life perhaps, you know, we just came out of a big bang, we descended from monkeys, then <laughs> you just simply explain to them the things, that the steps that we gave, 
which included proving that there has to be a God. Otherwise, where did everything come from? You have to have somebody who created you, and so on. So we covered that. But now you're at a point to begin to go a little deeper. What do you say next? What's the next thing that you can get into? Well, you probably won't have to think very long because they will come back on you. Because they're already programmed now. They have something about Islam. By the way, for the years and years in the past, we did not tell them about Islam, so they had a vacuum. So somebody else told them about Islam in a bad way. Right or wrong? Is that true? So now you want to be angry because you didn't do your job, but somebody else messed you up. And even now you're deciding whether or not you're going to even try to tell people about Islam. And I'm telling you for sure, this may be our last chance. I'm not worried about the kuffar and what they're going to do. I'm worried what Allah is going to do to us next. The events of September 11th of last year could not have happened without the permission, without Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's permission. Is that a true fact? Absolutely. So whatever happens next is from Him. We better wake up and we better get serious. And as I started to say, you probably won't have to say much after you open the door, the discussion about Islam, because they're probably going to start throwing things at you very fast. Why do you persecute women? Why do you abuse women? Why do you put them down? Why don't you let women have rights? That's the question. But that question has got something wrong with it. It's not true. It contains a statement which isn't true. Why do you cut off people's hands? Why do you cut off their heads? Why do you hate Jews? Why do you hate Christians? Why do you want to kill all of us? Why does Saddam Hussein hate Americans? Why does he want to kill everybody? What's the matter with you people? These are the kind of questions that are in their minds. If you have not had it yet, you will have. Eventually, somebody's going to approach you from that aspect. Why don't you love Jesus? And why are you trying to take over the world? And why can't you live in peace? So these questions are in front of you. What will you say? Because if you start to try to answer this, you're going to go nowhere. You'll just go in a circle. As soon as you answer one, they'll give you another one. And ten more, and a hundred more, and a thousand more, and you're never going to get done. And you're never going to call them to Islam. I forgot one. They'll say, you can come over here and preach your religion. Why can't I go to Mecca and preach Christianity? There's a question. Can you answer that one for him? Because if you can't, you're going to be stuck before you open your mouth. As soon as they find a question that Muslims get hung up on, that's the one they want to ask. Because they're really not out here trying to ask questions to find information. They're out here trying to put Islam down. To attack Islam. And to do to Islam what they did to their own religion. Which is to twist it and warp it so it makes it easy for them to do whatever they want to do and still claim to be religious. That's what they're doing. Okay? So how do you handle that? What do you say next? 
Well, let's look at what happened to me, and I'll give you an example. I was invited to go on a radio show to promote a lecture we were doing in Florida, a morning program. They said, it's a call-in show. You guests will call in. I said, okay, I'll do it. We went. The lady was, has the, she's the hostess of the show, told us to sit down. We sat down. She opened the microphones, and we got started. Or she got started. She said, I'm welcoming all my uh, listeners out in the audience today by reading something to you. And she opened a book. She started reading. Reading about how Islam is coming and destroying and Muslims are killers and hiding behind their mosques and developing all kinds of horrible terror against the world. For five minutes, this lady's reading. From a book by Steve Emerson. Anybody know who he is? Nice guy. He's also the consultant to the president on terrorism. And he writes books and makes a lot of money saying that's what Islam is all about, terrorism. There are other people like him. Dr. Robert Morey and Daniel Pipes. These people make a lot of money and become famous by doing what? Attacking Islam. They found an audience. They have something they want to do. It works. So when the lady got all through reading out of the book, she turned to me and she said, with me today is the National Muslim Chaplain representing Muslims in America, Yusuf Estes. So what do you say about all of this? Why are you Muslims like this? I said to her, well, you know what? My background's in English, by the way. I have an MA in English. Alhamdulillah. What I know about English language is there's something called statement and there's something called questions. But you're basically, you're coming up with something new because you're making a statement with a question mark at the end of it. You're saying something and then trying to make it sound like a question. And I'm going to ask you a question now and I want you to think about it. And I want you to answer this question yes or no. I don't want any other words because it's a yes or no question. Is your mother out of jail yet? What can they say? And I'm telling you what to tell people when they pull that on you. Ask them. How will you answer this question if I give you two choices, yes or no? Is your mother out of jail yet? Well, if they're honest, they'll say yes, she, because she's not in jail. Just yes. That's all I'm going to accept. Okay, I'm glad your mother got out of jail. I hope she doesn't have to go back again. He said, my mother's not in jail. Do you see how the question works? Now, if he goes the other way and says no, oh, she's still there, huh? It's a stupid question. And so are these questions because they're not valid. They do not contain truth. And I stop people. I say, excuse me, before I answer you, I have to let you know that you've made a statement which needs correcting. There's no answer to your question because it's a non-question. 
Just like if I ask you, which planet are you from? They have to say Earth. Yes? But if I exclude that and say, no, I want you to tell me which other planet than Earth you're from, that's impossible. Because everybody's from Earth. All right. Now you got this part. The next thing I want to be clear on. When they ask you about Hadood, this means you cut the hand and you cut the neck and you stone the Zenati or any person who is stoned. Why do you kill somebody who just wants an alternate lifestyle? That's what they say now. Did you hear that? Why do you want to kill a poor person just because they want an alternate lifestyle? It means homosexual. A man who wants to be with a man. A man who doesn't like women. Okay? Why do you want to kill them? Well, first of all, those questions, all of them, fall in a category. And that category is that, first of all, you don't understand, and it's not always that way, and there's a lot of explanation before even Muslims get into that. But before we're going to talk about any of these subjects, this is a key, and I want to give you a free key. And if somebody gives you a key, it's yours, and you own it. You can do what you want to do with it. I want to give you this key. And if you'll take this key, then any Muslim or non-Muslim you meet in the future, you'll have a key and you'll know what to do. And it's my obligation to give you this key, Muftah. I have to give it to you. He'll say, okay, what's the key? Now, see, I didn't answer any questions. I asked about the purpose of life. He said he doesn't know. I told him that God says he wants us to worship him alone. Then it comes into this other business. And I say, now I want to give you this key. Take this key, it's yours, you own it. Whatever you want to do with it, it's yours. But when you have it, you'll be able to understand better. You'll be able to ask better questions. And I think you'll have a lot more fun trying to gain the knowledge that you want. What is the key? Now I'm going to explain what is La ilaha illallah. This is the key. And that's what I'm going to, inshallah, God willing, that's what I'm going to do, sir, I'm, or ma'am, I'm going to give you this key. And this is the key to the success of this life and the success of the next life. What is it? First of all, we have to understand there really is a God. And we're not the God, and the God is absolute, and that He absolutely has full control at all times. He never falls asleep. He never gets tired. He is never puzzled over what's going to happen next. He's fully aware of all things at all time, including future events. And everything is in his hands. Usually, a Christian will accept what I just said. Usually. And we don't compare God to his creation because he is God. And he's not created because he's the first, al-awwal, and the last, al-akhir. These are his qualities. If I mention this, he's got to agree. Because these things I'm telling you are in the Bible. If he doesn't agree, then he's not a Christian. You don't have to worry about that anyway. Go to another subject. But the key for the Muslim is to know there is God. 
Number one, and what we believe about God is very important. We do not believe God resides, lives, exists within any of His creation at any time. He's not in a rock. He's not in a stick. He's not in a stone. He's not in an idol. And He's not in a bone. We don't worship idols. We don't worship creation. We do not worship the sun, nor the moon, nor any planet. Nor have we ever, no Muslims have ever worshipped anything other than the Creator, and we never worship His creation. Very key on this. Stay key and stay focused. Be sure you get that message across. If you say, well, they don't seem like they're paying attention, that's not your problem. Deliver this key. Deliver this message, because you're going to be asked. Allah will ask you on the day of judgment, Wallahi, and I'm telling you, just like you need to tell them, deliver the message. If they fall asleep, if they walk away, if they start arguing with you in the middle of it, just keep going. There's one God, only one. He does not exist in His creation. He's not like His creation. These are two different parts of the Qur'an where he says exactly that statement. Don't compare him ever to his creation. And by the way, side note, for those people who ask you, which Islam? I heard about the nation of Islam with Louis Farrakhan. I heard about the Baha'i faith. And I heard about something called Shiites. And I heard about something called Sufiya Tasawwuf. And I heard about something that's called Ahmadiyyans and Qadiani, and Agakani, and I heard about something called the Five Percenters, and the... It goes on. It goes on and on and on. As a chaplain in the, in the uh, military and the penal system and the institutions, I have to be familiar with all of these. There's a list of them that makes you sick to see. Some of them have a different Quran. It's only in English. Another one has another kind of Quran. It's missing the two ayahs out of the end of Surah Tawbah. Some say if you take any Hadith, you're a kafir. There's so many different groups out there. Okay, we have a website. The website is called todayislam.com. They can go to that slash whichgroups.htm or just go to the site and look for it. Which groups? Because in it, we're going to answer that question just like we're going to answer them. The thing that makes us Muslim, real Muslim, is the fact that we don't get into a group. We're not in a different kind of a group. We can be, for instance, in the Muslim Student Association. That's no big deal. Or you can join a political group and still be a Muslim. But when a person makes their Islam a different belief than another group, one of the two are wrong, or maybe both of them are wrong, but both of them are never right, because there's only one Allah, and there's only one Risala, message, and there's only one deen, religion. And tonight in the Salat, we heard the Imam read this very ayah, subhanAllah, he read it in the Salat tonight, in the dinna, in the lahi, Islam. For sure, the only thing Allah will ever accept as religion is Islam. In the same surah, if he would keep reading, he would probably still be reading it, by the way, until he get to ayah 85, because that was 19. 
But you get to Ayah 85 in the same surah, and it says, If anybody wants a religion other than Islam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will never accept it from them. And in the akhir, in the next life, they will be minul khasareen. They will be from the losers. So without doubt, we know there can only be one Islam. Okay, right away, you're going to have the problem. People are going to say, oh my God. You're saying if we're not in your religion, then we're, we have no salvation. You're saying Christianity is wrong, Jewish is wrong, Hindu is wrong, Buddhist is wrong. You're saying that? I'm saying the opposite. I'm saying that every single religion was right at one time. All of the religions were right at one time because at one time they all began by worshiping Allah alone and then they deviated. This is proven in the sunnah of the Rasul It's known to us that all religions started with Islam and now it's proven by archaeology. They finally changed their stupid fatwa saying that all religions had multiple gods and it was the Jews who first came with the idea of one God. But in the last 10 years, the archaeologists have decided now that all religions came from a religion where people worship God as one God. Hello, hello, hello. But it's the deviation that took people away from the true Islam. Now let's do this. Let's help those people out. Let's break up what is Islam. And then we're going to take a break. What is Islam exactly? What does it mean? How can I understand it? And you must tell them Islam is an Arabic word and you need to know the meaning and this is your key. Here comes the key. Are you ready? This is it. Islam is the key. But you need to know it in English. And not very many people ever broke it down. But I'm going to show you what to do. Take your hand. Look at your hand. You have five digits, a thumb and four fingers. See it? Now we're going to use this to find out what's Islam. Because the Prophet ﷺ explained Islam exactly to us. Allah explained it in the Quran. It's real easy. We have two hands and we're going to use them to find out what's Islam. First, the word itself, five things. Surrender. Surrender to God. And the Christians have to agree. They have a song they sing in the Baptist church every single week. Sweet surrender. Surrender to who? Okay, surrender. There it is. Second, submission. Submitting to God on His terms. Asking Him for His will to be done on earth instead of yours. That's in their book twice. God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There it is. Surrender. Obedience. Obeying commandments. That's in their book twice in the Old Testament. The Testament is clear on this subject. They have commandments. You have to obey them, yes or no. And if you don't, you'll be punished. It says it in Leviticus. There's hundreds of commandments. And many of them are far worse than what we have. Oh, yeah. They don't want to talk about that. But most of the people out there never read the Bible. Ever. Ever in their life. All they know is a few verses that people twisted around in English. So when you come, you give them the key. Three, we have now surrender, submission, obedience, sincerity. What you do has to be for the sake of God and not to show up for the people. You cannot be, as the Bible said, the Pharisees. Those who drag their garment out of pride 
we have a hadith from Rasul Sallallahu telling us the same thing. Whoever drags his garment out of pride drags it in the fire. How many of you know that hadith? Yes. This is in the Bible. We're not arguing. We're showing you where we're the same. Hello? The fifth and final word is peace. Salam. All of these words, Taslim, Aslam, Islam, Salam, all of this is coming from the root Salama, and that's the key. Salama, that's the key to understanding. Because if you know Sin, Lam, Mim, Salama, and you build these words out of there, you understand that anybody, anytime, any place who recognizes God is one, he has no partners, and he submits and surrenders and obeys that God on God's terms in sincerity and in peace, he's a Muslim even if he never heard the word. Even if his, Muslim, his mother and father told him he was a Christian, a Jew, a Hindu, but if he did that, he was a Muslim. Why a Muslim? Because the word Muslim comes from the word Islam. In English, we put er as a suffix after a verb. Walk, talk, think. Right? A walk-er. A think-er. But when we do it in Arabic, we don't use er. We don't say an Islam-er because Arabic uses the preface mim or mu and that this goes in front of the word. Sali, prayer, musali, one who prays. Adhan, the call to the prayer. Mu'adhan, one who calls to the prayer. That's easy, huh? So one who does Islam is a mu-Islam, Muslim. Simple as that. There's your key. So if anybody really wants to believe there's a God and really wants God's will on earth and he's trying his best, he or she is already in the right way and some Muslims will go to hell and Christians will go to heaven. Some Muslims will go to hell and some Jewish will go to heaven. And some Muslims may go to hell and some Hindus and Buddhists and so and so may all go to heaven. Provided what? Provided they meet the criterion of recognizing God is only one. He's never in His creation. Number two, that they submit totally and completely to Him on all. Number three, they recognize any message that comes because it's brought to them with a clear proof and they accept it. And any prophet who comes along with that, that they understood and followed it, then they become a true believer and it's up to God to judge them. And I'm not here to judge anybody. And after you deliver that message, watch their face change because you've done it. You did it. They got the key. They got the message. And after you do that, you'll watch their... They're, they're not interested in chopping off people's hands anymore. Because if you want to go look in the Bible, there's a whole lot more that's in the Bible than there is in the Quran or in the Hadith, in the Sunnah, about punishing people for every little infraction there is. Even, even beyond anything you can imagine, if a woman is in her menstrual cycle, according to the Bible, she's filthy, despicable, and if she sits on a bed and then you go sit on the same bed... You're unclean. You have to take a shower and get out of the city. Yes. So just let them see what we have before you get into these areas. But don't try to do comparative religion. Don't try to say your book says this and your book says that. I'm going to end right here with a simple straight message. This is not a debate. 
If you try to pull a debate, you will not bring people to Islam. You will drive them away. And there's a famous debate tape that's driven many people away from Islam and caused this much fitna all over the world. Do not duplicate those tapes and do not distribute them. And if you see somebody selling them, tell them, may Allah guide you. But there's better ways to explain Islam than to fight with people in, in a videotape like this. Neither one of the people in the tape are scholars of Islam, nor Christianity, nor the Bible. They're just people out there talking. Both of them made big mistakes. But the biggest mistake is to take what they did and duplicate it and put it out. That is not what the Prophet ﷺ did. And if you call yourself a Muslim following Muhammad ﷺ, you do it his way. And he did not go around handing out videotapes that attack Christianity or Jimmy Swaggart or anybody else. And by the way, just for your information, the Christians sell that tape more than we do because they know it will make the Christians hate us. Wake up and smell the kahwa. Alhamdulillah. You've been listening to Today Islam. We'll be back after some break and talk about the third phase of helping people to get this message of La ilaha illallah. I'm your host, Yusuf Estes. You can always visit us on the internet at todayislam.com. That's T-O-D-A-Y-I-S-L-A-M.com, where we're always open 24 hours a day and plenty of free parking. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.